and worship and praise. Oh, for a thousand tongues, my great Redeemer to praise. This is not a feeler for the time. This is the real thing we've come to worship. This place is called the house of worship. I just want to tell you, just worship the Lord. Even if all that's what we do this afternoon, the Lord shall be glorified thereby. Oh, give him praise, give him honor, give him adoration. Hallelujah. Give him honor, give him honor. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You are the Lord. Give me more volume here. The persistent sickness is about to be broken. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Father, this is our worship to you. We just cry that shall be acceptable in your sight your spirit over this place. Do that which only you can do. Let your name and your name only be glorified here. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. If you are a believer, say a mighty amen. If you are a true thankful person, shout hallelujah. Give him a wonderful clap of rain and bless his name. He's worthy. And you may sit down majestically, sit down in the awesome presence. Amen and amen. What an awesome God we serve. 
probably I'm sensing in my heart that, you know, God may have to turn our program a little bit upside down. Uh, I'm sensing that he really wants to do something special here in somebody's life today. And I pray you will be that person in Jesus' name. Let me just make a quick announcement before I share with you from the scripture. Um, how many of us do receive the daily prayers that are sent out every, every day? Okay, just a few. Please, if you don't mind, if you just lift those hands very well, let me just have, do a quick survey. Thank you. God bless. That's about 75% of us. Um, how many of us do receive the, day, the weekly or, you know, from time to time, the Bible study outline after the Wednesday meeting? A fewer number of people. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you probably are aware, thank you very much, and also the weekly program is sent out, and from time to time we do send out um, regular newsletters, or, well, not quite regular, but we've been sending it out for some time now. Uh, you probably are not aware, and it's none of your fault not to be aware, there's a group of people who are dedicated to doing that in the church. Uh, it's a department in itself, and they are called the publicity department. Uh, without them doing those graphics and sending them out and collecting your emails and sending them out, you wouldn't be receiving them. Um, we sense that, and that's going to be part of my message later on, that God, this particular month of new things, is recasting some visions before us. He's making some things clearer and he wants us to key into a few things. We believe there's much more the publicity department can do. Uh, at the moment, it's reaching primarily to those of us in the church, but we believe they can also reach to those people outside there, or the church that is yet outside, because God has still got his people there. Uh, they are one of us, they are part of us, and the Lord is wanting them to be here or any other place that God has ordained them to be. We need hands, we need help. We need your help, we need your ideas. Uh, we need, some of you are very good on Facebook. Uh, you have great presence there. Some of you are good on Twitter. Um, and some of you are good on Insta- Instagram. What is Instagram? That's the picture one. That's the picture. I'm, I'm on point. Uh, I'm cool, aren't I? <laughs> So, all these things are there, and God wants us to use them, amen? And so, we just don't want to keep it to a few number of people. Uh, What we're thinking is that it will not be very involving for you um, if we have a large number of people. So, if we have a large number of people, we can all put our hands to work and see that not only those of us um, in the church at this moment are benefiting from that, but for even people very far away. Uh, some people are listening on the internet at the moment uh, from all over the world. Um, I know people do listen in America, so you'll be hearing me now. Some are listening from the Caribbean. Um, some people are listening in London. Uh, there are quite a few listeners in Nigeria and all over the place. Now, that number is increasing, and it's important for us to make sure that we don't deprive our precious friends and brothers and sisters what God has got in stock for them. So towards that, because of our time, I would have loved to talk a little bit more about that. Towards that, at the end of the service today, we'll be having a special meeting with them. Pastor Femi Komolafe, who is the parish pastors in, uh, uh, parish pastor in House of Salvation, in Stone Neville, is in charge. Port Lethin, 
Thank God he's not listening to the streaming. He's preaching at this moment. <laughs> uh, he's in Portland. Uh, he's in charge and he will be here. Um, he's looking to be here about 1.30 or before 2.30. Sorry, 2, 1.45, quarter to 2. So please, we'll be meeting. I think the place will be the um, first floor boardroom. That's what they have in mind. So please... If you just to even give us an idea without committing, we'll be very grateful for that. And I'm sure the Lord will reward you abundantly for that in Jesus' name. So I said I should just get that quickly out of the way. Praise the Lord. Today is the 26th day of April, the year of our Lord, 2015. And um, I'm quite confident that you are excited about the days ahead. If you are not... I trust God that before the 30th of April, you will very much be excited of what God will do. Because he will give you signs of what he's planning to do. And that will increase your faith and your confidence in him more than ever before. Um, we say this month is a month of new beginnings. And we all see new beginnings from different perspectives. What I've seen without planning it is that there are many things that God is restarting in my life and in the ministry. Um, I remember this very month, I called the evangelism department and missions, and, and we, we're starting something new all over again. And this one with publicity, we're starting new. So it's, it's all over. Now, what I want to talk to you today, when God says he wants to do things like this, you need what is called a prophetic voice. You need more than just a textbook kind of thing, and that has been my great heart cry. Lord, you need to speak prophetically to your people. We want more than just line-by-line teaching, which is excellent, which we will do. But we want a prophetic voice because in Hosea 4 verse 6, it says that without the prophetic voice, the people will perish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 32, you remember it says the sons of Issachar, they know what they ought to do for the time. So what I will be sharing with you this afternoon, don't look at it as just another thing that we must... The easier thing for me to preach on today will have been to preach on new things. But with so much hand of the Lord, he guided me to preach on this thing that I will talk to you about. I'm trusting the Lord that it will be something that will usher in a new season in your life. Not a temporary new season, but a permanent new season. Now, if you will really key into that, you will need to start getting a little bit excited. Um, and you'll be surprised that it might not be something initially that we're excited, but as we go on, you will begin to feel the excitement. Hallelujah. 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 So, God wants to talk to us in a special way about a change in what we do and how we do it. So you will turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, praise the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 15. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. And be thankful. Will you do something for me? Turn to your neighbor, look at Ibo, ask straight in the eye, and say, be thankful.
I'm sure some are wondering. Be thankful for what? Turn to another person and tell them, I mean it this time with all your heart. And preach to that person. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Preach carefully to that person. Because I sense in my heart that God will change many things in our lives. Just based on this very prophetic voice that is coming out. Turn to that person and tell the person, be thankful. I've not got a opportunity to tell anybody because I'm telling everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Be thankful. Be thankful. Many a times, that is one area that we neglect so much because we don't know how God takes thankfulness. You know, and it's good. We talk about holiness, and God desires holiness. If I, you must be holy. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. There are so many of those things that I tell you. But this issue of thankfulness, in actual fact, when God asked me to preach on thankfulness on a Sunday before Thanksgiving Sunday, that tells God is up to something. Because I was going to say, and thank God that we shall not be disobedient. I need to confess openly before you. I struggled. I said, Lord, just one more week. I can say everything you want me to say about thankfulness. The Lord said, now. Tell my people to be thankful. To be thankful. Because he, if you check your scriptures very well, there are many people that just because they were not thankful, they ran into a problem. Israel was one of them. They came out of the land of Egypt. And as they were going on, they kept murmuring. And God charged them at one time. He said, when is it that you will live a life of thanksgiving? All is that no water, no food. When you say there's no this, I give you. Immediately I give you, you forget. When will you be thankful? And say, because you are not thankful, he was speaking to the children of Israel, that promised land you won't get there. End of story. That was their sin. They were not thankful. In Romans chapter 1, the Lord was speaking about those that purpose in their mind and see the judgment that God placed upon them. In Romans chapter 1, put verse 21 on the screen for me quickly, please. Romans 1, 21. You know, it's one of the most fantastic verses of the Bible. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Uh-huh. Nowhere. Nowhere. They knew God. They saw the stars. They could see the creations of God around. They decided not to thank God. They, are ask, they were asking questions. And believe you me, there are many people asking questions outside there. Why is it there's famine in this part of the world? Why is it that a few people go drown the Mediterranean Sea? And believe you me, there are big questions that we all want answers to. But before we ask the question, we want to say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. <laughs> we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. But they became futile in their thoughts, the scripture says. And because of the futility of their thoughts and their hearts, in verse 22, what did the Bible say happened to them? Professing to be wise, they became fools. Next verse. And changed the glory of the incorruptible into an image like unto um, the next verse. What did he say? Therefore, what did God do? 
God sealed their faith. And what was their sin? Unthankfulness. And I can multiply examples like that. Another good one was, you know, there's this woman I've been trying to look for answer. I've gotten two already. Maybe I will get more. This woman with alabaster box of oil. You remember that story? Okay, those of you that don't know the story, there was this woman when Jesus Christ was preaching on earth. You know, he had so many people milling around him and ministering to him. But there was this particular woman. Jesus, our Lord, was in the house of a Pharisee. The Pharisees were the ones that don't see very far. You know, well, not quite, but, you know, they, they had issues of, of, of works. They, they just think that it's by, and they were very hypocritical. So the Lord was in the house of one of them, and suddenly a woman came who was a sinner. Now, in those days, when they say a woman was a sinner, most probably she was a prostitute. So maybe that woman was a prostitute, and then she came unto the Lord Jesus Christ and was weeping and crying and washing his feet with her tears. And everything this woman should not do, she did. She wasn't using her hair, which is, usually, which is normally the glory of a woman, to rub the feet of the Lord. And the dirtiest part of the body in the Middle East where you walk is where, where there's so much dust is the, is the feet. So practically, and she was also kissing his feet, her mouth, her glory, everything. And Jesus Christ, so, and people were murmuring, see him, see him. And Jesus said, you see, that's the problem with you. You see, you don't see what you ought to see, yet you focus on what you ought not to focus. And eventually, the Lord Jesus Christ asked his host, who was Simon. He said, Simon, since I've been here, have you been grateful to me? Have you, have you given me water? Have you given me a hug? Have you, and the Lord said a lot of things. But if you read the Matthew account, the Bible says that wheresoever the gospel is preached, what this woman has done shall be mentioned. You know what that means to me? That anyone genuinely preaching the gospel and is not incorporated in that gospel, the thankfulness for the sin forgiven, you are not preaching the gospel. And I believe that is the core. You say you are saved. You say you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, but there's nothing rising on the inside of you all the time to say thank you for what the Lord has done. The Lord is saying the person has not started at all. Hallelujah. Now, thankfulness is in grace because of our time. And it just dawned on me that, you know, because I, what I had in mind was that I would teach it in a fairly heavy way. But I think... By the time, you know, David led us in that, you know, introductory part into, to continue the worship, I know that we still need to worship God a little bit more. Like, like most things in life, they are in great, but thankfulness is in grace. Remember, I'm not saying thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is only a part of thankfulness, all right? So be careful throughout. When you are taking your notes, if you are, don't write thanksgiving. I'm talking of thankfulness. Thankfulness is in great. And if you want to call it grade one or grade zero, up to, I think I have about four grades there. Grade zero will be complete unthankfulness. You wake up in the morning, can't be bothered. Who woke you up? It's not God. I can't be bothered. Everybody wakes up in the morning. Amen. Um, you drove your car, you came back, and somebody else is saying, Lord, I thank you that, you know, I didn't have any incidents on the way. He said, why are you not thanking God? Why should I thank God? My car has got good brakes. And I've just done the MOT. There's nobody to thank. Why do you have table on your table? Lord, I thank you for food on my table. Why are you thanking God for food on your table? You went to work. They paid you salary. And as that is open, they are not closed. What's the problem? There's nobody to thank. So, grade zero of thanksgiving. And there are people like that. You've come across them before. All right. You were probably like that before. Before we knew Jesus. 
That is a great one, thankfulness. Those are the ones that are thankful in their hearts. They have a feeling of thanksgiving. They have a feeling of thankfulness. They, they, they feel, yeah, God has done something. And that was the problem with those nine lepers. I believe in my mind that truly and indeed, they felt Jesus had done something for them. And that's where they stopped. They didn't take the next step, which was to go all the way and mention it, which is grade two. Grade two thanksgiving is when you verbally express your thanksgiving. And the Lord made a difference between those who are just like, okay, thank you, Lord. That's good. That's okay. And yeah, many of us are like that. You know, hallelujah. Had a wonderful day. Last week gone. Yeah, in fact, four months almost gone in the year. Lord, you know I'm thankful. But it's just this problem. But just that. So we don't really express it. And God is saying you need to learn to express it. And that's why he commended that other leper that went back. Let's read that from Luke chapter 17 verse 15. Luke chapter 17 verse 15. Be thankful. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with what? With what? That's why don't let anyone, anyone ever tell you to keep your voice down when you are praising God. They want to stop you from being made whole. Because if you know the rest of that story, Jesus Christ said, go that your faith has made you whole. It's one thing to be healed, it's another thing to be whole. And what made the difference for that person was that he did not come back and in a decent manner and say, Lord, I thank you. He probably was coming back, ah, he healed me, everybody. Lord, ah, ah, see me. And started showing him everything. And that's why it bothers me. When, when, when we just think, you know, we are doing God a favor when, when we are expressive in our praise. You know, it, it, it's, it's worrisome. But God expects us to do it in every aspect of our life. In practical terms, apart from being thankful, which we all do after a wonderful day at work, do I really, really get back home? At the end of the day, with my mouth open, you don't need to shout. There are times to shout, but at least to the hearing of yourself, whether you are kneeling down by your bed or you are sitting down and, and say, Lord, thank you for seeing me through today. Okay. Do you know when food is on your table, you are not supposed to sanctify the food? What are you supposed to do? Because that's what Jesus did. When they gave him the five loaves, the Bible said, and he took the bread, and after he had given thanks. Do you know that at the table of the Passover, which was the institution of the Holy Communion, the Lord did not say, sanctify this, Cross three times. Two for the neck. What did the Lord do? He said, and he gave thanks. Are you seeing difference now? That we've been doing so many things wrong. Because we've not caught the vision of thankfulness. He didn't do anything. He just gave thanks. And there are standard thanks that are given in, 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 in Judaistic teachings. You know, 
That's, that's a particular way you say, Lord, the giver of, ever, the giver of, of seed and the giver of fruits, the maker of heaven and earth, who makes bread available, and I think a few other things they say. I wish I remember I would have brought that for you. Standard, and, and nothing in it asking for anything. It's just thanks. That means when I get that McDonald's, before I take the first bite, what should I say? Not think it. What should I say? Thanks. Not long prayer. Even sweet entering your mouth. What should you say? Not just thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. That's a difference. <laughs> Make it formal. Lord, I thank you for this sweet that is in my hand. For these sneakers. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Some of you are worried. Praise the name of the Lord. After you've gone out and come back, please, why don't you just say, Lord, I thank you passing through every traffic light and you brought me back here. Not think it, say it. Am I communicating? He that has the voice of prophecy is asking me to tell you, be thankful. I don't know what he's up to. I've only come to obey him and tell you exactly what he asked me to tell you. I wasn't comfortable making this a old sermon. You can trust me. I've got so many things that can do fantastic exegesis on. But we got to the point in which if you don't do it the way he wants you to do it, you won't get what he expects you to get. And what he expects me and yourself to get is to get the abundance of his blessing. And you and I will get it in the name of Jesus. Speak it out. That's great. That's great. Great. Okay. It's great too. Verbalizing it. What is grade zero? What is grade one? You just feel it here. What is grade two? At least you remember grade two teacher training. Grade three. Physical demonstration. Physical demonstration. And a good example, Acts chapter 3. When the Lord healed that man through the hands of the apostles, the Bible says the man was walking, uh he was leaping, and he was praising God. Sometimes it's not enough to just say it. God expects you to jump up sometimes. It's not a charismatic Pentecostal thing. Because many things, people are depriving themselves of it. 5, 10, 15, a whole generation will have gone before we catch the vision. You go to the Bible, discover the mind of God. And don't sit down there sanctimonious before me, brothers and sisters. Don't sit down there, we do that. I'm not talking about the one we do generally. I'm not talking about the one David will tell us, somebody jump up. I'm talking about the one you will jump up in your own house yourself. I'm not talking about the one that somebody will say, everybody shout with the voice of triumph. I'm talking about it will become your habit, your entry to your house and say, God, I thank you. Is the one that neighbors, if they are looking, if you make the mistake, you didn't draw your blinds. And they just see you skipping like that in your living room. They know that that neighbor, something is wrong. (laughs) But preferably do it behind your closed blind. But if our adventure is not behind your closed blind, be free to do it. Now I'm preaching to you the new level that God is taking me. 
Now, I'm not talking about what I've been doing. I'm talking so I'm talking, it's, it's a difficult, not difficult, but it's something that's not in my comfort zone. But it's something that I gave you an insight before. I was sharing with you that my elder sister challenged me. We all grew up together at the early stages of Christianity. She got born again before me. The woman challenged me. We go out. I'm the pastor. I should know that. We go out and we all come in. I'm just going about business. Okay, please uh, do that or do that. Or is the dinner ready or whatever? Or there's a program I'm going to watch on telly. I know you don't watch it. I pick a few ones I watch. And this woman will go back immediately. What will she do? She will go to her bed. What will she do? What did I tell you she would do? She will kneel down to say, Lord, I thank you. You know, when we get to heaven, you'll be shocked. Many people that God will give a place of high honor. So I'm sharing with you, church, that my life, definitely your life, is about to be changed by this revelation the Lord is giving us. Even this man that came back unto the Lord Jesus Christ, he fell at his feet. The man that was delivered of how many demons? The madman of Gadara. 6,000 demons. Even before he was healed, he fell down at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him. And the Lord could not stop helping him. Now, the first part of category 3, you can call it 3A. The one I've told you, that is what is called the spontaneous, immediate thanksgiving or, or, or thankfulness. It has happened, your heart is hard. There's another one that is a greater one. You can call that 3B. That is the deliberate, persistent thanksgiving. It's a long-term one. And many of the apostles and many people in the Bible that the Lord gave us example of, they lived such a life. Their, their life is one long thankfulness. The day they were saved, such people, they got to a point in which there's nothing God can, even if God does not do anything for them again today, they will keep thanking for the rest of their life. So for those ones, no challenge in their life will stop their thankfulness. Because they made up their mind that for this one you've done, I haven't seen people like that before. I was going to give human example, but the Lord cautioned me. But I will give you a little bit by the side. Because human example cannot be, may not be very good. I haven't seen people before. You say, because of what this family has done for our family for good, we will always be friends with them. And there's not, if any of that child in that house even does something as bad as whatever, they will always say, because of that one act, don't you know God has done that one act for you? And it's about time you don't even wait for a second one. Will he give you the second and third? Of course he will. But I believe that is the cross of what the Lord is telling us today. That our minds must be made up that our lives from now on, our actions, all that we do shall be predicated on the fact that we are perpetually grateful unto him. I mentioned that everything you do must be out of thankfulness. And everything you don't do must be out of thankfulness. And I got an example in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, chapter 9, verse 16, the apostle Paul was saying that woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. The man was saying he was not preaching the gospel because he was instructed, he was preaching the gospel because he was thankful. You know, sometimes when some of these things happen all over the world, thank you, Lord. He said, I weigh myself. I said, Lord, if I were to be in the places where they are persecuting people strongly, what will I do? What will I do? 
I'm glad that you have thought of it too. Lord, I hope I won't deny you. I heard that somewhere where the Boko Haram one was, and thank God it's going down and it will completely go away in Jesus' name. Just like the Syria one, the Lord will kill the ISIS ones and destroy. Because we are in a time we've never seen before. We have a generation who never knew what persecution had been. And this man was a pastor, was in a vehicle, was traveling from one town, public transport from one town to another. And he had his friend near him who happens to be a Muslim. And so when they got to the checkpoint, they asked them in the car, because the evil people, that's what they do. They will ask how many are Christians, how many are Muslims here. They asked them in the car that was transporting them. They said, how many people are, is any Christian here? So the Muslim one quickly said, there is none. So they were about to wave them to go, ah, the man said, stop. So he told them, I'm a Christian. Hey, I don't think I can measure up to that. Many will say, Lord, this is your deliverance. But the man said, Lord, this is denying you. Because if you keep quiet when you're supposed to talk, you are denying him. How many, as, how many are even 1% along that ladder in this place? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm talking, I'm, we, what we are struggling with is stopping us from purposely denying him. We're not talking yet about when supposed way of escape was given. And the man said, what will I say? Okay, if that vehicle leaves now, there's an accident and I die. And would you let us have denied him? The man said, no. You know what could drive a man to do that? It will be a heart, you've done everything for me. If you don't do anything anymore. Is it death? That's why you must know what God has done for you. Because this salvation thing we're talking about, many times we don't understand it. It's just church. That's why I'm still, every Sunday we still preach. Make sure you are genuinely saved. Now just not be part of the crowd. And I'm telling you something very serious. A life that all that you do must be based that on the fact that you are thankful. Even the things you don't do must be based on the fact you are thankful. Who was that? Genesis. That was the man, uh, what's his name now? Joseph. Turn to Genesis, I think, 39 for me. Let's, let's read that one, and I'll begin to round up on that. It's almost time. Genesis, uh, put that on the screen for me. 39. Genesis, put verse 9 there, please, if you may. Oh, Lord, help us. There is no one greater in the house than I. If you don't know the story, the story went like this. Joseph was a slave boy, went from his country to another country. Eventually, somebody lied against him, but he could have died. You know, at many points, he could have died when his brother hated him, threw him into a ditch. Some slave traders came, bought him, took him to another town, sold him to an official of King Pharaoh's, um, uh, of Pharaoh's um, uh, official, okay, an official of Pharaoh's palace. And then there, you know, one problem after another, but this is the next problem this guy had. He escaped the hatred of his brother, but here he was. It was in the uh, house of Potiphar, that's the name, and the wife was troubling him, arousing him, you know, have a sexual relationship with me, and the boy said, no. This is the answer of that boy. The answer of that boy was, there is no one greater in this house than I. What did you get from that one? What was he saying in that one? God has lifted me. God that brought me here. 
Should I not say thank you to him? No, has he kept back anything from me? Still building on that story, that narrative. But you, and rightly so, because what? How then can I do this wickedness and sin against my master, Potiphar? Against who? Against who? Why? Based on the previous thing. A thankful life. Do you know sometimes when we don't sin, it's not necessarily because of fear of hellfire. It's because we decide to be say, how can I still look at you in the face and do you wrong? Many of those that were martyred in those days, that's what they say. He said, I've been with Jesus for so many years. He has not for one day done me any wrong. Whatever we are going through, God has not done you wrong. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. Let's make up our mind today and say that no more, no more, no more, no more shall we live as if God has done nothing for us. I'll close with a testimony very quickly. It's not much of a testimony. Very, very recent. Very, very recent. There was a particular brother I came across. And, um, you know, he, he gave me the ride. I went to one of the towns to go and preach there. And the brother gave me a ride. I flew into that town. And, and as, as well, within two minutes, I was in the car. We struck a rapport and we started talking. And this guy opened up. And he opened his statement by saying, ah, God has brought him from very low ground. And by the time this guy finished cataloging what God has done for him, I was, I was, I mean, I couldn't hold myself back. I mean, I'm meeting this guy for the first time. I mean, I was, all guys were down on both sides. And we were practically shouting and who, you know, whoopsing and everything in the car. And the story went like, you know, he, he went to one of the universities abroad, Nigeria specifically, uh, one of the top university, premier universities supposedly, and, um, you know, he had a, a, a second-class upper two one, and they was looking for a project to come abroad. To cut the long story short, he was not qualified for that. Eventually, he was given a scholarship. The scholarship was so big, they paid his flight, accommodated the wife in a hotel on, and the children in a hotel until they could get a proper accommodation for them. In one of the top five-star hotels. <laughs> I don't know scholarship that does that. The guy came into town, he was looking for money to eat because the last penny was in his pocket and he was not expecting money from them. He said, the spirit of the Lord ministered to him, why don't you go straight to the student affairs office and ask them, I don't know what I'm saying, maybe somebody, this will be relevant to your situation, key into it. Went to the student affairs office of the university and asked them, I said, I've come to collect money. So the guy was expecting them to say, which money, go away. And they said, oh, we are so sorry, we should have paid you. Uh -uh. So he wasn't sure. He said, so the guy, I mean, if I were him, we didn't put that part of the story, I would look left and right, maybe they want to call the police for me. <laughs> but he was bold enough, because sometimes they set traps like, do for it like that. So he was bold enough, he waited, to cut the long story short, they gave him four months amount. Rock, they gave him a check for 2,000 pounds, right there and there. A guy that probably has never, never in his life, all added together, has ever had 2,000. So he ran straight to the bank, HSB bank, collected the 2,000 pounds in his pocket, life started. And he just could not stop. One testimony after another, one testimony after another. And I was so bowled over. And then he gave me the link. And that challenged me. I've never seen anything like that. He said that is why whatever he goes through in life, he, will, he knows that God will always bring him through. Ah, you have not had anything. When, and I thought the story was over, when he opened his mouth and started telling me about what 
he has gone through after that and still going through. I say, you are a righteous man. And immediately, prophetic anointing came. And I began to prophesy into his life. And he knew that without any, that some of them had started coming to him, all will come through. What was it? This guy was in coma. After all these blessings, this guy was in coma for two weeks. <laughs> a sickness just came upon him. But this guy didn't start a discussion talking to a pastor who can pray for him with that. What did he start with? This story. And if not that I drew that out of his mouth. This guy was about to start progressing so well in life. Got a posh job in the part of the country here in the UK. That he, that he lives. Suddenly was coming back from one part of the suburb where he works. And going back to the main city. And he was driving his car. And suddenly a man on the mobile phone rammed in at the back. This job that he just started, well-paying job, taking him to all over the world, Germany, Japan, because he was the only person in this country that can do that job. That guy was made, as it were. When he was driving, somebody ran into his back. Three months he couldn't go to work, he lost the job. Now that man didn't start with that story. Now you are sitting down there. It's when we get to heaven, we will be afraid. I said, man, you are a righteous man. I didn't ask for that. The only thing the man was going to tell me was testimony. See what God has done. And there's no single inkling that this man is feeling disgusted or unhappy with God. Every aspect of him shows that he's ever so thankful. My prayer is that you and I will do better than that. And that God who owns the heaven and earth, he will open the heavens upon you and I. Will you be thankful? I was going to talk about the benefits of thankfulness, but I will leave that out. You don't need benefit to thank him. Because I will dilute the message. Because I will get you back into the old mode. Let me be thankful. It's not longer about what he has done, it's about what you're expecting me to do. And that's the wrong way to do it. So I struck that one out. Forget about benefit. Thank him for what he has done. Stay on that one and see what he will do. Rise on your feet with me. honor and worship and praise oh for a thousand tongues my great redeemer to praise this is not a feeler for the time this is a real thing we've come to worship this place is called the house of worship i just want to tell you just worship the lord even if all that's what we do this afternoon the lord shall be glorified thereby oh give him praise give him honor give him adoration Hallelujah. Give him honor. Give him honor. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You are the Lord. Yes, you are. 
volume here. That persistent sickness is about to be broken. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Father, this is our worship to you. We just cry that shall be acceptable in your sight your spirit over this place. Do that which only you can do. Let your name and your name only be glorified here. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. If you are a believer, say a mighty amen. If you are a true thankful person, shout hallelujah. Give him a wonderful clap of rain and bless his name. He's worthy. And you may sit down majestically, sit down in his awesome presence. Amen and amen. What an awesome God we serve. Uh, probably I'm sensing in my heart that, you know, God may have to turn our program a little bit upside down. I'm sensing that he really wants to do something special here in somebody's life today. And I pray you will be that person in Jesus' name. Let me just make a quick announcement before I share with you from the scripture. Um, How many of us do receive the daily prayers that sent out every every day? Okay, just a few. Please, if you don't mind, if you just lift those hands very well, let me just do a quick survey. Thank you. God bless. That's about 75% of us. Um, how many of us do receive the, day, the weekly or, you know, from time to time, the Bible study outline after the Wednesday meeting? A fewer number of people. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you probably are aware. Thank you very much. And also, the weekly program is sent out. And from time to time, we do send out um, regular newsletters. Or, well, not quite regular, but we've been sending it out for some time now. Uh, you probably are not aware, and it's none of your fault not to be aware, there's a group of people who are dedicated to doing that in the church. Uh, it's a department in itself, and they are called the publicity department. Uh, without them doing those graphics and sending them out and collecting your emails and sending them out, you wouldn't be receiving them. Um, we sense that, and that's going to be part of my message later on, 
That God, this particular month of new things, is recasting some visions before us. He's making some things clearer and he wants us to key into a few things. We believe there's much more the publicity department can do. Uh, at the moment, it's reaching primarily to those of us in the church, but we believe they can also reach to those people outside there or the church that is yet outside because God has still got his people there. Uh, they are one of us, they are part of us, and the Lord is wanting them to be here or any other place that God has ordained them to be. We need hands, we need help. We need your help, we need your ideas. Uh, we need, some of you are very good on Facebook. Uh, you have great presence there. Some of you are good on Twitter. Um, and some of you are good on Insta- Instagram. What is Instagram? That's the picture one. That's the picture. I'm on point. I'm cool, aren't I? (laughs) So, all these things are there, and God wants us to use them. Amen? And so, we just don't want to keep it to a few number of people. Uh, What we're thinking is that it will not be very involving for you um, if we have a large number of people. So, if we have a large number of people, we can all put our hands to work and see that not only those of us um, in the church at this moment are benefiting from that, but for even people very far away. Uh, some people are listening on the internet at the moment uh, from all over the world. Um, I know people do listen in America, so you'll be hearing me now. Some are listening from the Caribbean. Um, some people are listening in London. Uh, there are quite a few listeners in Nigeria and all over the place. Now, that number is increasing. And it's important for us to make sure that we don't deprive our precious friends and brothers and sisters what God has got in stock for them. So towards that, because of our time, I would have loved to talk a little bit more about that. Towards that, at the end of the service today, we'll be having a special meeting with them. Pastor Femi Komolafe, who is the parish, pastors in, uh, uh, parish pastor in House of Salvation, in Stone Avenue, is in charge, Port Lethin. Thank God he's not listening to the streaming. He's preaching at this moment. <laughs> uh, he's in Port Lethin. Uh, he's in charge and he will be here. Um, he's looking to be here about 1.30 or before 2.30. Sorry, 2, 1.45, quarter to 2. So please, we'll be meeting. I think the place will be the um, first floor boardroom. That's what they have in mind. So please... If you just to even give us an idea without committing, we'll be very grateful for that. And I'm sure the Lord will reward you abundantly for that in Jesus' name. So I said I should just get that quickly out of the way. Praise the Lord. Today is the 26th day of April, the year of our Lord, 2015. And um, I'm quite confident that you are excited about the days ahead. If you are not... I trust God that before the 30th of April, you will very much be excited of what God will do. Because he will give you signs of what he's planning to do. And that will increase your faith and your confidence in him more than ever before. Um, We say this month is a month of new beginnings. And we all see new beginnings from different perspectives. What I've seen without planning it is that there are many things that 
God is restarting in my life and in the ministry. Um, I remember this very month, I called the evangelism department and missions, and, and we, we're starting something new all over again. And this one with publicity, we're starting new. So it's, it's all over. Now, what I want to talk to you today, when God says he wants to do things like this, you need what is called a prophetic voice. You need more than just a textbook kind of thing, and that has been my great heart cry. Lord, you need to speak prophetically to your people. We want more than just line-by-line teaching, which is excellent, which we will do. But we want a prophetic voice because in Hosea 4 verse 6, it says that without the prophetic voice, the people will perish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 32, you remember it says the sons of Issachar, they know what they ought to do for the time. So what I will be sharing with you this afternoon, don't look at it as just another thing that we must... The easier thing for me to preach on today will have been to preach on new things. But with so much hand of the Lord, he guided me to preach on this thing that I will talk to you about. I'm trusting the Lord that it will be something that will usher in a new season in your life. Not a temporary new season, but a permanent new season. Now, if you will really key into that, you will need to start getting a little bit excited. Um, and you'll be surprised that it might not be something initially that we're excited to, but as we go on, you will begin to feel the excitement. Hallelujah. 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 So, God wants to talk to us in a special way about a change in what we do and how we do it. So you will turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, praise the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 15. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. And be thankful. Will you do something for me? Turn to your neighbor, look at Ebo, ask straight in the eye and say, be thankful. I'm sure some are wondering, be thankful for what? Turn to another person and tell them, I mean it this time with all your heart and preach to that person. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Preach carefully to that person. Because I sense in my heart that God will change many things in our lives. Just based on this very prophetic voice that is coming out. Turn to that person and tell the person, be thankful. thankful. I've not got a opportunity to tell anybody because I'm telling everybody. Hallelujah. Be thankful. Be thankful. Many a times, that is one area that we neglect so much because we don't know how God takes thankfulness. You know, and it's good. We talk about holiness, and God desires holiness. If I, you must be holy. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please God. There are so many of those things that are about this issue of thankfulness. In actual fact, when God asked me to preach on thankfulness on a Sunday before Thanksgiving Sunday, that tells God is up to something. 
Because I was going to say, and thank God that we shall not be disobedient. I need to confess openly before you. I struggled. I said, Lord, just one more week. I can say everything you want me to say about thankfulness. The Lord said, now, tell my people to be thankful. To be thankful. Because he, if you check your scriptures very well, there are many people that just because they were not thankful, they ran into a problem. Israel was one of them. They came out of the land of Egypt. And as they were going on, they kept murmuring. And God charged them at one time. He said, when is it that you will live a life of thanksgiving? All is that no water, no food. When you say, there's no this I give you. Immediately I give you, you forget. When will you be thankful? And said, because you are not thankful. He was speaking to the children of Israel. That promised land, you won't get there. End of story. That was their sin. They were not thankful. In Romans chapter 1, the Lord was speaking about those that purpose in their mind and see the judgment that God plays upon them. In Romans chapter 1, put verse 21 on the screen for me quickly, please. Romans 1, 21. You know, it's one of the most fantastic verses of the Bible. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Uh-huh. Nowhere. Nowhere. They knew God. They saw the stars. They could see the creations of God around. They decided not to thank God. They, are ask, they were asking questions. And believe you me, there are many people asking questions outside there. Why is it there's famine in this part of the world? Why is it that a few people go drown the Mediterranean Sea? And believe you me, there are big questions that we all want answers to. But before we ask the question, we want to say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. <laughs> we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. But they became futile in their thoughts, the scripture says. And because of the futility of their thoughts and their hearts, in verse 22, what did the Bible say happened to them? Professing to be wise, they became fools. Next verse. And change the glory of the incorruptible into an image like unto um, the next verse. Where did he say? Therefore, what did God do? God sealed their faith. And what was their sin? Unthankfulness. And I can multiply examples like that. Another good one was, you know, there's this woman I've been trying to look for answer. I've gotten two already. Maybe I will get more. This woman with alabaster box of oil. You remember that story? Okay, those of you that don't know the story, there was this woman when Jesus Christ was preaching on earth. You know, he had so many people milling around him and ministering to him. But there was this particular woman. Jesus, our Lord, was in the house of a Pharisee. The Pharisees were the ones that don't see very far. You know, well, not quite, but, you know, they, they had issues of, of, of works. They, they just think that it's by, and they were very hypocritical. So the Lord was in the house of one of them, and suddenly a woman came who was a sinner. Now, in those days, when they say a woman was a sinner, most probably she was a prostitute. So maybe that woman was a prostitute, and then she came unto the Lord Jesus Christ and was weeping and crying and washing his feet with her tears. And everything this woman should not do, she did. She wasn't using her hair, which is, usually, which is normally the glory of a woman, to rub the feet of the Lord. And the dirtiest part of the body in the Middle East where you walk is where, where the small dust is the, is the feet. So practically, and she was also kissing his feet, her mouth, her glory, everything. 
And Jesus Christ, so, and people are murmuring, see him, see him. And Jesus said, you see, that's the problem with you. You see, you don't see what you ought to see, yet you focus on what you ought not to focus. And eventually, the Lord Jesus Christ asked his host, who was Simon. He said, Simon, since I've been here, have you been grateful to me? Have you, have you given me water? Have you given me a hug? Have you? And the Lord said a lot of things. But if you read the Matthew account, the Bible says that wheresoever the gospel is preached, what this woman has done shall be mentioned. You know what that means to me? That anyone genuinely preaching the gospel and is not incorporated in that gospel, the thankfulness for the sin forgiven, you are not preaching the gospel. And I believe that is the core. You say you are saved. You say you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but there's nothing rising on the inside of you all the time to say thank you for what the Lord has done. The Lord is saying the person has not started at all. Hallelujah. Now, thankfulness is in grace because of our time. And it just dawned on me that, you know, because I, what I had in mind was that I would teach it in a fairly heavy way. But I think by the time, you know, David led us in that, you know, introductory part into, to continue the worship, I know that we still need to worship God a little bit more. Like, like most things in life, they are in grace, but thankfulness is in grace. Remember, I'm not saying thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is only a part of thankfulness, all right? So be careful throughout. When you are taking your notes, if you are, don't write thanksgiving. I'm talking of thankfulness. Thankfulness is in grade. And if you want to call it grade one or grade zero, up to, I think I have about four grades there. Grade zero will be complete unthankfulness. You wake up in the morning, can't be bothered. Who woke you up? It's not God. I can't be bothered. Everybody wakes up in the morning. Amen. Um, you drove your car, you came back, and somebody else is saying, Lord, I thank you that, you know, I didn't have any incidents on the way. They say, why are you not thanking God? Why should I thank God? My car has got good brakes, and I've just done the MOT. There's nobody to thank. Why do you have table on your table? Lord, I thank you for food on my table. Why are you thanking God for food on your table? You went to work, they paid you salary. And as that is open, they are not closed. What's your problem? There's nobody to thank. So, grade zero of thanksgiving. And there are people like that. You've come across them before. All right. You were probably like that before, before we knew Jesus. Then as a grade one thankfulness. Those are the ones that are thankful in their hearts. They have a feeling of thanksgiving. They have a feeling of thankfulness. They, they, they feel, yeah, God has done something. And that was the problem with those nine lepers. I believe in my mind that truly and indeed, they felt Jesus had done something for them. And that's where they stopped. They didn't take the next step, which was to go all the way and mention it, which is grade two. Great true thanksgiving is when you verbally express your thanksgiving. And the Lord made a difference between those who are just like, okay, thank you, Lord. That's good. That's okay. And yeah, many of us are like that. You know, hallelujah. Had a wonderful day. Last week gone. Yeah, in fact, four months almost gone in the year. Lord, you know I'm thankful. But it's just this problem. But it's just that. So we don't really express it. And God is saying, you need to learn to express it. And that's why he commended that other leper that went back. Let's read that from Luke chapter 17, verse 15. Luke chapter 17, verse 15. Be thankful. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, 
returned and with what? With what? That's why don't let anyone, anyone ever tell you to keep your voice that way you are praising God. They want to stop you from being made whole. Because if you know the rest of that story, Jesus Christ said, go that your faith has made you whole. It's one thing to be healed, it's another thing to be whole. And what made the difference for that person was that he did not come back and in a decent manner and say, Lord, I thank you. He probably was coming back, ah, he healed me, everybody. Lord, ah, ah, see me. And started showing him everything. And that's why it bothers me. When, when, when we just think, you know, we are doing God a favor when, when we are expressive in our praise. You know, it, 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 it's, it's worrisome. But God expects us to do it in every aspect of our life. In practical terms, apart from being thankful, which we all do, after a wonderful day at work, do I really, really get back home? At the end of the day, with my mouth open, you don't need to shout. There are times to shout, but at least to the hearing of yourself, whether you are kneeling down by your bed or you are sitting down and, and say, Lord, thank you for seeing me through today. Okay. Do you know when food is on your table, you are not supposed to sanctify the food? What are you supposed to do? Because that's what Jesus did. When they gave him the five loaves, the Bible said, and he took the bread, and after he had given thanks. Do you know that at the table of the Passover, which was the institution of the Holy Communion, the Lord did not say, sanctify this, cross three times, two for the neck. What did the Lord do? He said, and he gave thanks. Are you seeing difference now? That we've been doing so many things wrong because we've not caught the vision of thankfulness. He didn't do anything. He just gave thanks. And there are standard thanks that are given in, 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 in Judaistic teachings. You know, that there's a particular way you say, Lord, the giver of, ever, the giver of, of seed and the giver of fruits, the maker of heaven and earth, who makes bread available. And I think a few other things they say. I wish I remember I would have brought that for you. Standard. And, it, and nothing in it asking for anything. It's just thanks. That means when I get a McDonald's, before I take the first bite, what should I say? Thanks. Not think it. What should I say? Thanks. Not long prayer. Even sweet entering your mouth. What should you say? Thanks. Not just thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. That's a difference. <laughs> Make it formal. Lord, I thank you for this sweet that is in my hand. For these sneakers. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Some of you are worried. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. After you've gone out and come back, please, why don't you just say, Lord, I thank you passing through every traffic light and you brought me back here. Not think it, say it. Am I communicating? He that has the voice of prophecy is asking me to tell you, be thankful. 
I don't know what he's up to. I've only come to obey him and tell you exactly what he asked me to tell you. I wasn't comfortable making this a oh sermon. You can trust me. I've got so many things that can do fantastic exegesis on. But we got to the point in which if you don't do it the way he wants you to do it, you won't get what he expects you to get. And what he expects me and yourself to get is to get the abundance of his blessing. And you and I will get it in the name of Jesus. Speak it out. That's great. That's great. Great. Okay. It's great too. Verbalizing it. What is grade zero? What is grade one? You don't feel it here. What is grade two? At least you remember grade two teacher training. Grade three. Physical demonstration. Physical demonstration. And a good example, Acts chapter three. When the Lord healed that man through the hands of the apostles, the Bible says the man was walking, uh-huh. he was leaping, and he was praising God. Sometimes it's not enough to just say it. God expects you to jump up sometimes. It's not a charismatic Pentecostal thing. Because many things, people are depriving themselves of it. Five, ten, fifteen, a whole generation will have gone before we catch the vision. You go to the Bible, discover the mind of God, and don't sit down there sanctimonious before me, brothers and sisters. Don't sit down there, we do that. I'm not talking about the one we do generally. I'm not talking about the one David will tell us, somebody jump up. I'm talking about the one you will jump up in your own house yourself. I'm not talking about the one that somebody will say, everybody shout with the voice of triumph. I'm talking about it will become your habit, your entry to your and say, God, I thank you. Is the one that neighbors, if they are looking, if you make the mistake, you didn't draw your blinds. And they just see you skipping like that in your living room. They know huh, that neighbor, something is wrong. <laughs> but preferably do it behind your closed blind. But if our adventure is not behind your closed blind, be free to do it. Now I'm preaching to you the new level that God is taking me. Now I'm not talking about what I've been doing. I'm talking, so I'm talking it's, it's a difficult, not difficult, but it's something that's not in my comfort zone. But something that I gave you an insight before. I was sharing with you that my elder sister challenged me. We all grew up together. The early stages of Christianity, she got born again before me. The woman challenged me. We go out. I'm the pastor. I should know that. We go out and we all come in. I'm just going about business. Okay, please uh, do that or do that. Or is the dinner ready or whatever? There's a program I'm going to watch on tell. I know you don't watch it. I pick a few ones I watch. And this woman will go back immediately. What will she do? She will go to her bed. What will she do? What did I tell you she would do? She will kneel down to say, Lord, I thank you. You know, when we get to heaven, you'll be shocked. Many people that God will give a place of high honor. So I'm sharing with you, church, that my life, definitely your life, is about to be changed by this revelation the Lord is giving us. Even this man that came back unto the Lord Jesus Christ, he fell at his feet. The man that was delivered of how many demons? The madman of Gadara. 6,000 demons. Even 
before he was healed, he fell down at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him. And the Lord could not stop helping him. Now, the first part of category three, you can call it 3A. The one I've told you, that is what is called the spontaneous, immediate thanksgiving or, or, or thankfulness. It has happened, your heart is hard. There's another one that is the greater one. You can call that 3B. That is the deliberate, persistent thanksgiving. It's a long-term one. And many of the apostles and many people in the Bible that the Lord gave us example of, they live such a life. Their life is one long thankfulness. The day they were saved, such people, they've got to a point in which there's nothing God can, even if God does not do anything for them again today, they will keep thanking for the rest of their life. So for those ones, no challenge in their life will stop their thankfulness. Because they made up their mind that for this one you've done, I want to see people like that before. I was going to give human example, but the Lord cautioned me. But I will give you a little bit by the side. Because human example cannot be, may not be very good. I want to see people before you say, because of what this family has done for our family for good, we will always be friends with them. And that's not, if any of that child in that house even does something as bad as whatever, they will always say, because of that one act, don't you know God has done that one act for you? And it's about time you don't even wait for a second one. Will he give you the second and third? Of course he will. But I believe that is the cross of what the Lord is telling us today. That our minds must be made up that our lives from now on, our actions, all that we do shall be predicated on the fact that we are perpetually grateful unto him. I mentioned that everything you do must be out of thankfulness. And everything you don't do must be out of thankfulness. And I've got an example in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, chapter 9, verse 16, the apostle Paul was saying, that woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. The man was saying, he was not preaching the gospel because he was instructed, he was preaching the gospel because he was thankful. You know, sometimes when some of these things happen all over the world, thank you, Lord. He said, I weigh myself. I said, Lord, if I were to be in the places where they are persecuting people strongly, what will I do? What will I do? I'm glad that you have thought of it too. Lord, I hope I won't deny you. I heard that somewhere where the Boko Haram one was, and thank God it's going down and it will completely go away in Jesus' name. Just like the Syria one, the Lord will kill the ISIS ones and destroy. Because we are in a time we've never seen before. We have a generation who never knew what persecution had been. And this man was a pastor, was in a vehicle, was traveling from one town, public transport from one town to another. And he had his friend near him who happens to be a Muslim. And so when they got to the checkpoint, they asked them in the car, because the evil people, that's what they do. They will ask how many are Christians, how many are Muslims. Yeah, they asked them in the car that was transporting them. They said, how many people are, is any Christian here? So the Muslim one quickly said, there's none. So they were about to wave them to go. Ah, the man said, stop. So he told them, I'm a Christian. Hey, I don't think I can measure up to that. Many will say, Lord, this is your deliverance. But the man said, Lord, this is denying you. Because if you keep quiet when you're supposed to talk, you are denying him. How many, as, how many are even 
one percent along that ladder in this place. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm talking. I'm, we, what we are struggling with is stopping us from purposely denying him. We're not talking yet about when supposed way of escape was given, and the man said, "What will I say? Okay, if that vehicle leaves now, there's an accident and I die. And would you not know, say I've denied him?" The man said, "No." You know what could drive a man to do that? It might be a heart. You've done everything for me. If you don't do anything anymore, is it death? That's why you must know what God has done for you. Because this salvation thing we're talking about, many times we don't understand it. It's just church. That's why I'm still, every Sunday we still preach. Make sure you are genuinely saved. Now just not be part of the crowd. And I'm telling you something very serious. A life that all that you do must be based that on the fact that you are thankful. Even the things you don't do must be based on the fact you are thankful. Who was that? Genesis. That was the man, uh, what's his name now? Joseph. Turn to Genesis, I think, 39 for me. Let's, let's read that one, and I'll begin to round up on that. It's almost time. Genesis uh, put that on the screen for me. 39. Genesis, put verse 9 there, please, if you may. Oh, Lord, help us. There is no one greater in the house than I. If you don't know the story, the story went like this. Joseph was a slave boy, went from his country to another country. Eventually, somebody lied against him, but he could have died. You know, at many points, he could have died when his brother hated him, threw him into a ditch. Some slave traders came, bought him, took him to another town, sold him to an official of King Pharaoh's, um, uh, of Pharaoh's um, uh, official, okay? An official of Pharaoh's palace. And then there, you know, one problem after another, but this is the next problem this guy had. He escaped the hatred of his brother, but here he was, it was in the uh, house of Potiphar, that's the name, and the wife was troubling him, harassing him, you know, have a sexual relationship with me. And the boy said, no. This is the answer of that boy. The answer of that boy was, there is no one greater in this house than I. What did you get from that one? What was he saying in that one? God has lifted me. And God has brought me here. Should I not say thank you to him? No, has he kept back anything from me? Still building on that story, that narrative. But you, and rightly so. Because what? How then can I do this wickedness and sin against my master, Potiphar? Against who? Against who? Why? Based on the previous things. A thankful life. Do you know sometimes when we don't sin, it's not necessarily because of fear of hellfire. It's because we decide to be say, how can I still look at you in the face and do you wrong? Many of those that were martyred in those days, that's what they say. He said, I've been with Jesus for so many years. He has not for one day done me any wrong. Whatever we are going through, God has not done you wrong. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. Let's make up our mind today and say that no more, no more, no more, no more shall we live as if God has done nothing for us. I'll close with a testimony very quickly. It's not much of a testimony. Very, very recent. Very, very recent. There was a particular brother I came across and um, you know, he, he, he gave me a ride. I went to one of the towns to go and preach there and the brother gave me a ride and flew into that town and, and as, as well, within 
Two minutes that I was in the car, we struck a rapport and we started talking. And this guy opened up and he opened the statement by saying, ah, God has brought him from very low ground. And by the time this guy finished cataloging what God has done for him, I was, I was, I mean, I couldn't hold myself back. I mean, I'm meeting this guy for the first time. I mean, I was, all guys were down on both sides. I mean, we were practically shouting and who, you know, whoopsing and everything in the car. And the story went like, you know, he went to one of the universities abroad, Nigeria specifically, uh, one of the top university, premier universities supposedly, and, um, you know, he had a, a second class of part two one, and they was looking for a project to come abroad. To cut the long story short, he was not qualified for that. Eventually, he was given a scholarship. The scholarship was so big, they paid his flight, accommodated the wife in a hotel on, and the children in a hotel until they could get a proper accommodation for them in one of the top five-star hotels. <laughs> I don't know scholarship that does that. The guy came into town, he was looking for money to eat because the last penny was in his pocket and he was not expecting money from them. He said, the spirit of the Lord ministered to him, why don't you go straight to the student affairs office and ask them. I don't know what I'm saying, maybe somebody, this will be relevant to your situation, key into it. Went to the student affairs office of the university and asked them, I said, I've come to collect money. So the guy was expecting them to say, which money, go away. And they said, oh, we are so sorry, we should have paid you. Uh-uh. So he wasn't sure. He said, so the guy, I mean, if I were him, we didn't put that part of the story, I would look left and right, maybe they want to call the police for me. <laughs> but he was bold enough, because sometimes they set traps like, do for it like that. So he was bold enough, he waited, to cut the long story short, they gave him four months amount. Rock, they gave him a check for 2,000 pounds, right there and there. A guy that probably has never, never in his life, all added together, has ever had 2,000. So he ran straight to the bank, HSB bank, collected the 2,000 pounds in his pocket, life started. And he just could not stop. One testimony after another, one testimony after another. And I was so bowled over. And then he gave me the link. And that challenged me. I've never seen anything like that. He said that is why whatever he goes through in life, he, will, he knows that God will always bring him through. Ah, you have not had anything. When, and I thought the story was over, when he opened his mouth and started telling me about what he has gone through after that and still going through, I said, you are a righteous man. And immediately, prophetic anointing came. And I began to prophesy into his life. And he knew that without any, that some of them had started coming to him, all will come through. What was it? This guy was in coma. After all these blessings, this guy was in coma for two weeks. <laughs> a sickness just came upon him. But this guy didn't start his discussion talking to a pastor who can pray for him with that. What did he start with? This story. And if not that I drew that out of his mouth. This guy was about to start progressing so well in life, got a posh job in the part of the country here in the UK. That's it, that he lives suddenly was coming back from one part of the suburb where he works and going back to the main city and he was driving his car and suddenly a man on the mobile phone ramming at the back. This job that he just started, well-paying job, taking him to all over the world, Germany, Japan, because he was the only person in this country that can do that job. That guy was made as it were. When he was driving, somebody rammed into his back. Three months he couldn't go to work, he lost the job. Now, that man didn't start with that story. Now, you are sitting down there. 
It's when we get to heaven, we'll be afraid. I said, man, you are a righteous man. I didn't ask for that. The only thing the man was going to tell me was testimony. See what God has done. And there's no single inkling that this man is feeling disgusted or unhappy with God. Every aspect of him shows that he's ever so thankful. My prayer is that you and I will do better than that. And that God who owns the heaven and earth, he will open the heavens upon you and I. Will you be thankful? I was going to talk about the benefits of thankfulness, but I will leave that out. You don't need benefit to thank him. Because I will dilute the message. Because I will get you back into the old mode. Let me be thankful. It's not longer about what he has done, it's about what you're expecting me to do. And that's the wrong way to do it. So I struck that one out. Forget about benefit. Thank him for what he has done. Stay on that one and see what he will do. Rise on your feet with me.